It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you have any cheese at all? No. <laughs> what a senseless waste of human life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. I'm your host today, Brendan from Brazil Spurs. We've got a special lockdown episode here, Canadian style. Joining us back on the pod after a, a while in the UK is our good friend Sean from Toronto Spurs. Sean, how are you doing? Uh, you know, everything that's can, going on in the world... Uh surprisingly well uh thankfully the family and everybody is, is good and uh good trip to the uk saw four matches when i was there and uh you know just just ha- just happy to still be above ground with everything that's going on it's been pretty scary joining us uh, we have a very special guest uh from vancouver spurs his name is bill daniel uh bill welcome to the cheese room thank you so much for joining us uh, how are you getting on during these uh, unprecedented times yeah thanks for the invite we're a very sports orientated family in the house um whether it be, um, you know, baseball or, or soccer or the, the lack of live sports to watch is is probably the toughest thing right now within our household. But apart from that, all good and um, social distancing and um, uh, trying to stay fit and well. Thank you for joining us. Some listeners may not know, but the Cheese Room is actually the the most international Tottenham Hotspur podcast out there. I mean, I'm here in Brazil uh, we have you're obviously Sean in Toronto. You're in Vancouver. We have Oz Spurs pod was launched by uh, Aaron Jolly from Sydney Spurs. We have uh, Aviva and Atlanta Spurs. Dave Boston Spurs. So we we're a very international pod, and it's been a while since we've done a pod like this. But um, we we do a pod called Faces in the Crowd, where we uh, we talk to the supporters groups from around the world, just to let our listeners know more about the supporters groups. So uh, Bill. You're clearly British, uh, but tell us a bit about yourself and and how you started to uh, support our, our lovely team. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it's all my family, unfortunately, are Arsenal fans. Oh no! And I wasn't really a fan of red. So my my best buddy Leonard Ward at school said, "Well, why don't you support Tottenham? And they're blue and white." And I went, "Wow, that's cool." So I started following them, and the first year I followed them, which is going to give away my age, um, <laughs> we got relegated. And from the, the old Division One to Division Two, and but by then I was already sucked in. So um, yeah, but luckily straight back up the following year. My first game was in uh, the lane was in 1980. Um, I was 13, so you can backdate how old I am now. <laughs> and um, for, from there, I worked at the ground for me, for a number of years as a kid, selling golden gold tickets if you remember those, and uh, the Spurs news. And uh, didn't pay for a game for five years, which was fantastic. So. Front row of the shelf, and then I was I joined the military and couldn't go as often, but was always been a staunch supporter. And then 
been in Canada now for 17 years, Vancouver for 14 years, and have been involved with what was the Spurs Canada chapter, Vancouver chapter, and now independently Vancouver Spurs for probably five or six years now. So, mm. and it's been great. The community here has, has grown and grown and grown. And it's been great to be involved in that growth, which is, you know, moved alongside hopefully the success of the club as well in, in all the things that they've been doing. So, like, I, I know when we spoke with Sean uh, before that he has quite big get-togethers in, in Toronto. Uh, took a sort of two, three, four hundred people sometimes, depending on the game. Do you, do you get have similar get-togethers in Vancouver? What sort of crowds do you tend to attract? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's evolving. I mean, if you imagine, obviously, the Champions League final was crazy. We actually took over a second pub. We actually kicked the Arsenal fans out of their pub. <laughs> that, that allowed, that, fam, that pub was family friendly. Um, so we were allowed to have, uh, my wife and my son were, ran that pub and we had about, about five or 600 wow. across both for the final. It was, it was insane. For the really big games, you know, upwards of 100 into the pub, the railway itself is capacity is about 130, 140, uh, the railway stage and beer cafe in downtown Vancouver. So, but yeah, we get some good crowds turn out and uh, lots of loyal crowds, but also lots of visitors. Obviously, Vancouver is a very um, cosmopolitan city, mm. a lot of people traveling. So we've had people up from on stag do's in fancy dress, people from all over the States, Australia. We had a guy in uh, recently from uh, Croatia, people from all over the place. So it's uh, we're very accommodating mm. and um we want to make sure that, and also that we're moving to the pub that we moved to recently. It's a downtown core. The previous pub was further out of the edge of Vancouver, which means that it's accessible to all the hotels downtown and also the transit much better as well. So, but as a as a group, I think we're about three hundred and fifty to four hundred strong as far as my mailing list is concerned, and, and a good solid turnout for even for the small games. Brilliant. Bearing in mind we're on the Pacific time as well, so. An early game for us is like 4 a.m., 4.30. Oof. So the pub, the pub even opens up for, for that. <laughs> so that's a huge commitment when maybe they won't serve us breakfast, but they'll open up for us and allow us to uh, to use their space, which is fantastic. Brilliant. Sean in Toronto, I think that um, you, you have similar get-togethers. The time zone is a bit more friendly, I think. But uh, just tell tell our listeners that may not have heard much uh, or listened to your previous pod about Toronto Spurs, just let us know a bit more about Toronto Spurs. Well, we're we're a little bit luckier than Bill. Those, those games are at 7, 7.30 and not 4.30. I've always had a lot of admiration for the folks uh, on the West Coast. To get up at that time of the morning just shows their shows their dedication. And rocking so. <laughs> we go we go to the Scotland Yard. It's on the Esplanade near the near the main train station downtown here in Toronto. Um, we get, you know, on an early game, we might get 50, 60 people, but you get a good game, you know, maybe Arsenal, Chelsea, whatever, if you can get it at a decent time, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock or so in the morning, we might get 250, 300 for a match. We're really lucky. We have a really good pub. And... Uh, Champions League really did help because it brought more people out last year, and we found that most of them have uh, have stayed around and have come back this year. So, brilliant! It's been it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's really you know gotten the community together, gotten people in, mm. and uh, it's just nice to see that you're not the only one out there. Because I know when I first joined up five six years ago, you know you kind of had the feeling that maybe you were the only one, and then you get there and you're just like, oh, 
there's more of us. Excellent. <laughs> it's similar in Brazil. I think I, I was quite surprised to learn here just quite how many people support Spurs. And it's not just expats, it's Brazilians that sort of have Spurs as their second team. There's 4,000 members of the Brazil Spurs Facebook group, which I don't, I'm not sure if that's a sort of fair reflection of the number of supporters. But even here in Bahia, where I live, our WhatsApp group has 80 people and Sao Paulo, Rio, the bigger cities obviously have many more. So, uh, yeah, I think that our, our European exploits and certainly the Champions League really has got us out there. So going back to you, Bill, how popular is football or, or soccer in Vancouver? Is it growing? Because you, you have, there's a there's a MLS team in Vancouver. It's um, very popular. It's, I think as well, if you look at just the layout of the Vancouver Whitecaps MLS team, which plays in BC Place, mm-hmm. which hosted the Women's World Cup final a few years ago, give you an idea of the size Maximum capacity is about 60,000, albeit for the Whitecaps games, they don't use the whole stadium. It's about 22, 23,000. And I'm a season ticket holder uh, with the Whitecaps as well. But yeah, generally, I think you'll find that there's, there's a group of pubs that, that when we're in one of them at the railway that um, host a lot of the Premier League teams. We've even had soccer tournaments between the uh, the teams. The group, Donnelly Group, actually took out and rented busy place for us to play in a couple of years ago, a little five-a-side tournament. So, mm. they, you know, the Tottenham-Arsenal and the Tottenham-Chelsea games are quite feisty, <laughs> <laughs> as you can imagine. But, but generally, I think it's because the expats, there's not as such, you know, massive, you know, rivalry as you would probably get, you know, in the UK. So there's more, um, more like to help each other out and support the groups. But there's, I would say, majority of the Premier League teams have a supporters group. Uh, in a pub in Vancouver, hmm. you know, and on top of that, you've got the, you know, there's the various supporters groups, you know, for the Whitecaps as well. And as, as you likely said as well, the, the, the amount of people who are, you know, not just expats watching the games, we get a lot of people who, for whatever reason, you know, are um, from different parts of the world. We have a very strong, you know, Korean contingent come out and um, and have their lucky chairs they sit in. We've also got, you know, people from all over the world who maybe join Spurs because their favourite player moved there. You know, mm. it could be Christian Eriksen, it could be Lo Celso, it could be, you know, Sonny, it could be any number. Um, so the broad spectrum where people are just, you know, finding that they love Spurs and then they come and join us. So how how do you reach out to your public? Do you use social media? What's your sort of main medium just to so that our listeners can perhaps uh, get involved? Yeah, definitely. So we we use a lot of uh, social media in in um, and when we first started up or kind of re engaged, we started off with uh, with Twitter. I think our first game when we when we started off as kind of rebirth of the chapter when we were still Spurs Canada. I think the first game we had three or four when we found the new pub. And then using social media, I think our fourth or fifth game in was against Arsenal. We had over 50. So we have, and now because we're our own kind of independent group, uh, you can find it all about us at uh, VancouverSpurs.ca. And if you go on Twitter and just find Vancouver Spurs, you'll find us uh, quite readily. Same thing to search for us on Instagram. On Facebook also, we have a Facebook page. And we try and keep, you know, it fairly current. We also have a couple of closed groups. You mentioned we don't use WhatsApp so much, but we have a closed Facebook group as well. Where we like to communicate, you know, a lot's going on. And we don't really have membership per se. We kind of have a premium membership. People want to buy tickets for games in the UK, but we generate all of our revenue by um, just um, selling the swag that we have, caps, hats, T-shirts, you know, pins, that sort of stuff. We're a non-for-profit, obviously, like all the supporters clubs are. Mm-hmm. So we try and make it open for everybody. So we're trying to say you don't have to be a member to turn up, as I mentioned before. So we try and keep an open door policy and keep it as friendly as possible. 
How about you, Sean? I mean, how is Toronto Spurs? I think I follow you on Twitter, but uh, how does Toronto Spurs reach its audience? Uh, we've been using Twitter a lot, Facebook, uh, Instagram a little bit. A lot of it also is word of mouth, you know, seeing other Spurs fans and, you know, saying, hey, do you know who we are? And, you know, getting people that way. Social media has 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 definitely helped um, once we got the stuff out there about Champions League. It seemed uh, so many people uh, towards the end of last year started coming out of the woodwork and I said before, fortunately, uh, quite a few of them have stayed around. Bill, I think we spoke off air. You said you haven't yet been to the new stadium, but what do you make of it in terms of of, of seeing it and, and watching the games? What's your impression, uh, having had an office in the old stadium? What's your feeling of the new one? Yeah, my my little office next to the West Stand. You know, I think it's incredible, and I've got a number of you know friends from you know the club who have been uh, and they come back. You know, it's that you know look of loving when you when you mention. It and ask them their opinion you know let their eyes well up you can almost you know see the pride and how fantastic it is I think just the way it's been put together the way in which they've created a game day experience you know us based in North America and I'm only two hours drive from Seattle so you go down to watch the Seahawks or the Mariners with the baseball and you get to see how the kind of the North American sport and they've really kind of embraced that you know, I think part of that as well is managing the traffic and the people. Mm. I mean, you try and get on the high road after a game when it was 36,000, let alone 60 plus. Yeah. So I think getting them in early, getting them out later, spending more money with Spurs obviously then helps us go forward in a transfer market and doing other things. But I think just the, are- the arena itself, the stadium itself just looks absolutely spectacular. And you know, obviously with the NFL played there as well and the reports that they gave back and how fantastic the stadium was for them as well, you know, considering the huge stadiums that there are in the US. It really is. I mean, you know, you could say the best in the world right now. It probably is. But um, I'm so looking forward, hopefully, if I get there towards the end of this year, which is planned right now, that, um, you know, I get to experience that for myself. And what just going back to the the old stadium? Um, just what what's your sort of lasting memory of of the the old White Hart Lane from when you used to go and when you used to work there? Just the compactness of it. I think the atmosphere. My first game, being a supporter, ready for a couple of years, and then going to the first game. Then you're just addicted. You know, it's mm. just it's so special. The space. What I used to love, I think, was just singing. I think more than anything else, the singing and the banter, uh, the banter with the away fans, even in many, many cases, the atmosphere more than anything else. I mean, we talked off air about Mickey Hazard. We're going to talk a bit later about, about him when he scored in the semi-final of the UEFA Cup '84, the, the winner. I mean, the atmosphere that to that day, to this day, sorry, is um, just probably the best atmosphere I've heard anywhere at a live event. And you know, to try and replicate that, but that's my memory of the place is just the atmosphere. Sean, you've been to, to games at the old and the new stadium. What's what's, you, what's your comparison of the two? Well, the old stadium, you know, if you've been to, uh, you know, Bill might know places here too. Like, you know, if you've been to, I guess, to the old Tiger Stadium and I've been to Wrigley. When you walk in, you have that sense of awe, the sense of history. You know, when you start thinking of every player that's been there over the years. The new stadium will get that over time. But like Bill said, it, at times it just lacks that atmosphere. Hmm. And But I think that also depends too on the match. I was there, for I've been there for a Champions League match against City, and it was loud. It was great. But the problem is when you go to just a league game like Huddersfield, somebody like that, it can get kind of a little quiet. But, you know, 
Also, the way we've been playing isn't exactly leading people into wanting to be loud and raucous. Bill, what's what's your sort of take on the season so far? It's been a season of upheaval, a season of change. If I could sum up the season in, in two words, it would be hangover and injuries. Hmm. You know, from from the back end of last season and the final, and then and then coming into this season with the amount of injuries we had, and unprecedented. And, and I think uh, along those lines, I mean, there's something broken earlier in the season. Whether you could throw that on to Pochettino or the club or the players or all of the above, it, it, it's definitely been you know an extended hangover. And we've seen how those same group of players have played, you know, as recently as last season. And then to see the basically the same group or with the, the odd one or two different play completely differently. Mm. Even Pochettino is, which I think is just a shock to all of us. We didn't expect that. I think we expected to be uh, in a situation where it was adding on. You know, we reached the objective of the final. Unfortunately, you know, didn't win it. And then you think, well, we're going to push on. The stadium, new investment, new players, and and it it seems to have hit the skids and. Trying to put my finger on it is very, very difficult. But, yeah. um, let's say. Sean, um, you went to four games whilst you were in the UK. Were any of them any good? Uh, the two non-Spurs games were pretty good. The two Spurs games were, well, <laughs> you know, we showed both both matches because I was there for Wolves and then the the FA Cup game against Norwich. Oh, God. Both games, you know, we showed up in the first half and played reasonably well. And then the second half, we just switched off on both in both matches and both games were there to win, especially the game against Norwich. And yeah. we, we consider the talent level between the two teams. There's no way that should, that game should have been 1-1. Just going on to preseason, if we have one, have, have Spurs been, I think it was 2014, that, that there was a tour of Canada. Bill, did they come to Vancouver at all? No, they they did Toronto. They, did, um, they came to Seattle, which is as close as they came. So we took a ton of people down to that game um, against the Seattle Sounders. Then um, they're in Toronto and Chicago. So the Toronto game, I think, was the first time Spurs had played in Canada for 50-plus years. Wow. Um, which was it was a great day. It was a great event. Bearing in mind, we mentioned Vancouver again, having the size of stadium that we have. If anybody's listening from Spurs, come to Vancouver, right? It's... Uh, <laughs> The city itself, and we'd host, would be a fantastic host. I mean, that's the whole thing. I think we've we've had the opportunity of, of seeing it in Seattle, which from Vancouver door to door is about a three-hour drive from downtown to downtown. Yeah. Um, so we've not had them come in, but like, we have had the Canadian experience, and I think Sean would agree we'd, we'd love to see more of it. and We'd love to see them in Canada again, wherever they decide to to put themselves, whether it be here or in Toronto. Sean, were you, did you go to any of the games when they visited Toronto? Or there was probably yeah, yeah, I was at that game, and that's uh, that's where I found out about Spurs Canada because I said, like, at that point, I'd been following the team for a few years, and I just didn't even realize that there was a support was a supporters club, or that there were things as of supporters clubs, and that's when I first found out about Spurs Canada and and got in touch with some folks and been a member ever since. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see them come back, and I don't know, you know, whether somebody of the team needs to get in contact with the ICC, this International Cup, and get some games here because they're all over the U.S. Excuse me, all over the U.S. Mm. And you know, we have workable stadium here in Toronto where you could, where you could put down grass for, for a match or two. Same thing in Vancouver. And we do have Edmonton as well and Montreal. So there are places for them to play. Are there supporters clubs in those provinces as well? Uh, not official ones, but uh, there, there are people and there have been talk 
Um, you know, Bill would probably see it as well. Talk online of people getting together and forming clubs. And, you know, I know uh, we've reached out to them. And if they have any, if there's anybody who wants to do it, either reach out to Bill or reach out to Matt here in Toronto. And we will help you out. We will tell you what the process is and help you get help you get it going. When people think Canada Spurs, they'll always remember that Paul Staltieri goal against West Ham in the most topsy-turvy final 10 minutes of a game. And it, it's always good to get one over on the hammers. Bill, what what were your memories of that game? You must have just be, arrived in Vancouver at, at that time. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a that was a crazy game. You know, one one of many that we've obviously been involved in uh, down the years. At that time, I probably didn't appreciate who it was and, you know, the fact that he was Canadian. I just I was just ecstatic that <laughs> he buried it in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, but, but since then, I mean, uh, Paul's been fantastic for, you know, liaising with, with Spurs Canada. He's been involved when the, the, the North American tour happened, um, was involved in some Q&As uh, in Toronto. I know he's been actively involved with Toronto Spurs. We've been in contact with him as well about uh, maybe have him coming out and doing a, a session with us in Vancouver. He's been very receptive to the supporters clubs and supporting them. You know, considering his roles, I know he's involved in the in the Canadian national team at, at the youth level, I believe. Right. Um, so he's a busy man, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's been very, very supportive. Fantastic, Sean. I think I remember you saying that he actually comes to a couple of the the, the games that watches the games with the supporters in Toronto. He has been uh, uh, once or twice. I have I haven't seen him because usually I don't. Usually I'm at the uh, the weekday games for Champions League and stuff like that, but. Uh, there was some talk of him coming out at one point this season, supposed to be probably around now we were talking, but with everything that's gone on, nothing's happened. So I'm going to be talking to Matt, our chairman here, and see what we can do about uh, trying to get him out to a match and see if we can get him on here with us. Yeah, that would be great. And speaking of uh, former players coming on the pod, next week we will have Captain Fantastic himself, Steve Perryman, Mr. Tottenham, uh, joining the Cheese Room podcast. Bill, you actually mentioned that you, you have a connection with Steve. Yeah, it's I've been chatting to Steve quite a bit. Um, I went to one of the Legends events that he had uh, in the UK when I was over about 18 months ago. And the funny story is I, 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 was, I was struggling because I didn't have a vehicle with me to get from like the Hemel Hempstead train station to the event. And I put a shout out on Twitter. He got picked me up. And, and Mickey Hazard said he picked me up. So <laughs> Mickey very kindly picked me up at the train station and took me to the event. So it was quite interesting arriving with Nicky. On that note, hoping that uh, Nicky feeling better. I know I, he he was uh, he was ill for a, a little bit recently, so hoping he's he's feeling great. But yeah, so we were, and we were talking to Steve about him coming out and doing an event a year or so ago with with Crackers, Mr. Cracknell, who does a lot of the events. Um, but we stayed in contact with each other, and um, uh, obviously with the release of his new book, which I'm sure he's going to talk about next week mm. on the podcast. We arranged for him to come out uh, as part of his book tour to Vancouver. And the event was meant to happen today. Um, But uh, obviously with all of the shutdowns, so we're officially rescheduled for Thursday, November the 12th at the Railway Stage and Beer Cafe in beautiful Vancouver. And tickets are available if you go to vancouverspurs.ca. The link to purchase tickets is, is on the website. So if anybody's in Vancouver, you know, there are t- tickets still available. And the ticket comes with, um, obviously, the meet and greet and a copy of uh, Steve's autobiography as part of that. Fantastic. Well, we'll be sure to put the link uh, when we publish the, the podcast. And everyone at the Cheese Room podcast is is happy to hear that Mickey Hazard is on the mend, sending our best wishes out to Mickey uh, and to, to his family. So, um 
Uh, yeah, we are. We're thinking of you, Mickey. Uh, looking at the news, the club has recently made a U-turn on the furloughing decision, probably based on the fact that there was such a, an uproar from supporters because it was a decision that didn't need to be made. The, to use government money when we're owned by one of the richest men in the world really didn't sit well with fans and it was a PR disaster, which thankfully they've, they've now reneged and they're showing more of the positive uh, elements that the club's doing to help with the coronavirus, with the, the stadium becoming the female outpatients ward for North Middlesex Hospital. Sean, did, did any of the, the furlough news make it out to Canada? And what were your thoughts on the decision uh, about the furloughing? Yeah, it definitely made it here. It was uh, on the sports news. They, people were talking about it. And unfortunately, it really put the team in, in a really bad light. When you consider the season that we've had, we needed to do something to spin things positively. And this this definitely was not doing that. And like you say, when you look at the the billions that uh, our owners have, surely what the what the people working in the stadium and that would have made over the coming you know next few weeks and months is a drop in the bucket compared to the amount of money that is generated by the team and that is brought in by the team. Because hmm. obviously the online store is still open, so they're still making money. There had to be some way, you know, to not do this from the very beginning. And, you know, like you say, taking government money for it, it, it just it just really left a bad taste in your mouth. And, you know, some people have said, you know, he reversed it because they, they found some savings or something like that, trying to spin it. The club just should have come out and said, listen, we made a bad decision. Um, we've decided not to do it. And we've listened to our fans and we appreciate them. And just got on with it and spun it and back in a way to try and make make it positive. But uh, it's Levy. What can yeah. you expect sometimes? He he's a businessman at the end of the day, and and it was a business decision. It was a pragmatic business decision. There are bigger companies in the UK taking advantage of the furlough scheme. So from a cold-hearted business perspective, you can understand the decision. Bill, what what did you think of the the furlough? Are you, and you are you relieved that the the U turns happened? I am, and I agree with the previous comments. If you look at the news that's come out now about, as you mentioned, with being used as the outpatients, the stadium, um, and relieving stress on the core hospital, hmm. uh, that should have been the only news we should have heard of, you know. And also, you know, directly after the games, when all the food was issued to the food banks and the local charities in the area for the games that were immediately cancelled. All that good news was completely undone. But I think what was a very short-sighted, knee-jerk decision, mm. you know, it was it was a put in front of them, oh, that's easy, let's do it. Uh, but then you look at, as you say, the optics, you know, Spurs weren't the only ones to get burnt by that knee-jerk decision. Oh, look, here's here's opportunity to almost, if you want to say, I want to say carry on as normal, but uh, impact the club as least as possible. But the the impact is, is terrible. You know, the... The bad PR uh, and the the ill will that's being created is probably far more than uh, any monies they would have saved by using furlonging. So I'm glad they made the decision to to stop, to change. Um, It was the right call. And I think it leaves a bit of pill in your mouth when you realize that, uh, you know, all the senior executives, Levy and, and many, many more, are earning millions or if not, you know, millions, then very, very large salaries hitting those lowest on the totem pole first. So I'm glad the decision for whatever influence that came through, whether it be, you know, public opinion, the uh, supporters trust, the combination of both. I'm glad they made that decision to uh, to take it back. Yeah, well, we're going to welcome Kat and Rachel from the supporters trust to the pod in the next week or two to uh, just to hear hear from them about the uh, the influence they had uh, because they've certainly done their bit and they've made 
all Tottenham supporters proud. Um, speaking of the Supporters Trust, they've recently announced on Twitter, if you join the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust at the moment, the fee that uh, you pay to join will go straight to the NHS. So please, if you're not a member already and you are a Tottenham supporter and you want to be more involved with the Supporters Trust, now is the time. So you can you can follow them on Twitter. Uh, I'm sure they're on Instagram and all the other social media platforms. Uh, but it's an amazing decision from our superb supporters trust. So hats off to them and the hard work that they do. On the subject of finances, there's um, the sort of regular rumour mills going on at the moment. One of them being Amazon that uh, Daniel Levy has decided or is using his uh, relationship with Amazon from the documentary to go for the naming rights. What would the, the, they call the stadium then? The Amazon Arena? What do you think of that, Bill? Well, did you see the Amazon news? Yeah, I did, yeah. And I would think it's it's a... It's a global decision. If you look at what Tottenham are trying to do with the stadium, with their already existing, you know, contract with the um, NFL, mm. uh, the American Football League, and um, obviously, you know, the Joshua fight got postponed. Rock concerts, events. I see quite a lot on um, business social media about uh, the stadium being used for large corporate events, um, exhibitions, and so on. So I think it doesn't surprise me that Amazon obviously have um, an interest. I'm hearing, was it 25 million a year for 10 years? Uh, some of the numbers that are being thrown around. I think in most cases, you know, that Amazon arena is fairly neutral. It's probably as benign as you're going to get. So is anybody going to turn down 250 million over 10 years? You know, as long as the name is not terrible, mm. uh, I don't think there'll be an issue. And Amazon is, you know, there could be worse people that could be buying, you know, the stadium and 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 naming it. So yeah, absolutely, it could be worse. It could be like the Doritos Stadium, or, or so. Yeah, it's Amazon Arena. Sean, what's your take on the the Amazon rumors? Uh, the only thing that I'm kind of liking about it is it's money coming into the club, and sure. who knows what's going to happen with this next window? Because when it's going to open, how much money we're going to have? So anybody who's willing to uh, Hand us over 25 million pounds can't be a bad thing. And, you know, as Bill said, it, it could be a lot worse. It could be, you know, one of these uh, Middle Eastern oil-related companies, and thankfully we don't have that. So at least it's going to be some money coming in. And I don't think it really matters to a large extent in the end what they're going to call it because we're still going to call it White Hart Lane. It yeah. doesn't matter. It, it's, it's still right there. So we're still going to be saying, hey, are you going to the lane this weekend? Nothing's going to change. Going to the game, I never called it the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It was just going to the lane, going to, to White Hart Lane. So I think amongst ourselves, that will never change. So whatever they decide to call it, and this is business and these sorts of things are inevitable these days. So to us, it will always be White Hart Lane, whereas that lot down the road, their stadium will always be known as the Emirates. Even even when the lease ends and they call it some, some other Middle Eastern oil company, it, they'll still call it the Emirates. Imagine having to change the name uh, depending on the sponsor, whereas our home will always be White Hart Lane. So just looking at wrapping up, Bill, do you have anything to add? Do you have any shout outs you want to, to make? Um, just in brief, referring back to how to get hold of us on uh, VancouverSpurs.ca, on our website and on our social media, and, and just really to to recant that um, we're open even for the early games and everybody's welcome. Um, membership isn't required to come and join us, whether it be for one game or for every game. We're very, very welcoming and a special shout out, I think, to particularly to the guys and girls at the um, Railway Stage and Beer Cafe who host us, in particular the GM, Doug, who's uh, been absolutely spectacular in looking after us um, uh, since we've been with them. Awesome, yeah. So if you're ever in Vancouver and there's a Spurs game on, 
do get in touch with Vancouver Spurs. Check out where they're watching the game and join them. Sean, any anything to add, mate? Any shout out? Uh, just two quick ones. One uh, for yesterday to uh, to the ninety six at Hillsborough. Doesn't matter what team you're from. We're not going to forget you, folks. No one should ever have to go to a football match and not not come home because of something like that happening. Mm-hmm. And number two is uh, we're hard to believe it's only it's just been a year that match against City last year. I was on an airplane coming back from England, so I didn't get to watch it. Followed the last sort of five or ten minutes on Twitter. So to all those fans that watched that game and managed to make it through without having a cardiac arrest, my hat's <laughs> off to you. Don't watch it tomorrow because I don't want you to have one tomorrow. That game was something else. And uh, I've got a very quick shout out to Aviva Summers. It was her birthday yesterday, I think, or the day before. So happy birthday to the lovely Aviva from Atlanta Spurs. And she said, thank you for listening. Uh, do remember to like and subscribe to your podcast provider. As I mentioned, we have some amazing content coming up uh, in the coming weeks ahead. We have, as we mentioned, Steve Perryman and the Supporters Trust joining the show soon. But yes, until next time, uh, keep the faith and stay safe, stay at home. And as ever, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.